Looking for a new high-end mascara without breaking the bank? The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara gives you a high-end lash look in a premium gold luxe packaging. It's all about panoramic volume and fully fanned out lashes. With its tapered brush, the new Panorama Mascara catches every single lash, giving you the false lash look without any of the hassle. Say goodbye to clumps and flakes, because this mascara is specially formulated to resist them all day with up to 24-hour wear. And the best part? It performs better than Lux mascaras at only a fraction of the cost. You can buy Panorama Mascara on Amazon today. What does it mean to be Black in America? In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of stories as varied, nuanced, and dynamic as Black experiences, you'll hear... It means everything. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get your podcast. It's so it's annoying when I watch the movie nowadays because I usually watch it with somebody who has like never seen it or, you know, and I'm just the most annoying person because there's so many details in the film that I'm constantly looking over going, did you catch that? Did you did you see what just happened? And then I'm like, oh, okay, hold on. Voulez-vous coucher avec moi ce soir? Okay, I'm not really asking that. I'm just more excited about today's topic, Moulin Rouge. But before we get there, I am one of your hosts, David Magadoff, and with me is my most effervescent, wonderful, blonde-haired beauty, Miss Claire Kramer. Hi, Claire. Hi, David. How are you doing today? Very excited because uh, we just had a wonderful conversation with Miss Samantha Hanratty, uh, who you know from so many things. Sweet Life is Zach and Cody, Pushing Daisies, Salem, Shameless, and most importantly, Showtime's Yellow Jackets. She's your Showtime sister show of Dexter New Blood. We were back to back, but she's Misty. She's the young Misty on the show, the younger Christina Ricci, uh, or rather Christina Ricci is the older Samantha Henratty, mm, if you mm-hmm. will. But she's an absolute delight and she loves Moulin Rouge. So this is a super fun episode because I love musicals and you love musicals, David. And Samantha talking about Moulin Rouge was like just a really great time. But what a great person she is also. So sweet. And such a good actress. Gosh, Yellow Jackets, everybody. What a hit. It's fun when Dexter was coming on that there was this other show called Yellow Jackets that they were kind of putting it next to. And I was watching it and I kept telling everybody, I'm like, this is the show, guys. Like, don't don't get me wrong. I really like being on Dexter and I think it was a great show. I'm glad you were on Dexter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that helps. <laughs> but Yellow Jackets was just this fun, interesting Lord of the Flies with a teenage girl traveling soccer team in the middle of the woods and it was all sorts of humor and all sorts of dark and great great female actresses and Samantha is just this wonderful actress she's so talented she's so charming playing this younger version of Christina Ricci as Misty Uh, I don't want to give away any plot but guys you gotta if you haven't subscribed to Showtime yet or pulled it off your friend's app or shared it from your mom's cable bill it's totally worth it it is a total joy it is refreshing it's interesting as fuck (laughs) and she's phenomenal she plays the baddie and i love when nice people play baddies i mean 
I kind of like originated that, I think. That's right, I'm just Claire. Kidding, but That's right, Claire. <laughs> and before you listen to this episode, please like and subscribe and five stars our wonderful podcast. Guys, we are so appreciative. It takes a e-village out there, my friends. And we love doing this and we love doing it for you and we love that you love it. And now, without further ado, Moulin Rouge and Samantha Hanratty. I don't know if this is a fair question, but I'm just going to shoot from the hip from the start. Ewan McGregor or Nicole Kidman? Oh, that's not a fair question. That's it's actually not, makes me want to leave the podcast right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, how can she pick? Uh, They're yeah, both amazing. Two totally different. But you know what? I'm going to say Ewan McGregor right now just because he stole my heart. And I'm literally engaged to a guy named Christian, and I think it's because he played Christian. <laughs> wow. That's mm-hmm. kind of cool. Yeah. That's kind of cool, Samantha. Okay. For for people who have not figured it out by those hints um, of Ewan and Nicole and the name Christian, today Samantha is on Fanatics to talk about her love of Moulin Rouge, the movie, the Baz Luhrmann movie. Um, And for anyone who has never seen it, obviously it came out 2001, I believe. But, you know, there may be someone out there listening who has not seen it. Give us an umbrella overview of why you love this cinematic piece so much. May I dart in and just say for the Martian who lives on Earth, can you just say what is Moulin Rouge? Okay. I'm going to do my best. Okay. Moulin Rouge is a tragic love story with the most exciting and incredible pieces of, of, uh, of music. It's a musical and it's literally the most heartbreaking, beautiful story of all time. Um, it's about a writer, a penniless writer who falls in love with with the sparkling diamond. I guess you guys want to know. <laughs> he falls in love with a with the lady of the night and she can never be in love with somebody because because she she's not allowed to but then of course she does and she falls in love and it's very complicated i feel like i'm doing it so bad already i'm already like just flustered and sweating no it's so good you're <laughs> okay, doing good. great okay, good. It's, it, it's not a high pressure situation okay because you know what i mean it's it's you love it for different reasons than the person next door loves totally. the movie. We want to know about your love for it, yeah. Samantha, not anyone else. So I have to say, I mean, the first time I ever saw the movie, I was like six years old. Oh, my gosh. Um, And it's not appropriate for six-year-olds, no. for, for parents <laughs> out there wondering if their kids should watch this. It's not. And I remember it so vividly because, like, my parents kept having to, like, earmuffs me. But they, for some reason, still thought it was, like, totally fine for me to watch it. <laughs> so I have like growing views of this movie because when I started watching it, I was like, it's just great. And then as I got older, I'm like, oh, my God, no, no, no. Like, it's like scarily fantastic. There's a whole sequence in the movie during one of the um, one of the musical pieces that it basically tells the entire story of the movie. But it's like all hidden. And it's just ah, it's just every time you watch it, you get new Easter eggs. And it's oh, fantastic. Do you remember you were six years old? Did you see it on tv did your mom pop it in what was the how did the press play moment happen it was on tv it was new year's eve night i had my little happy new year's crown on and we were sitting in our living room and i remember everyone's like happy new year and my mom looks over and i am sobbing 
like uncontrollably crying. And um, this was before, like we had a computer, but like the internet wasn't the easiest thing to access. So she was like, She's like, no, 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 like, like, that's an actress. Her name's Nicole Kidman. Like, she's okay. And I'm like, no, she's not. Like, I saw her and I was like, and he's crying and I'm crying. And I'm like, she's not okay, mom. And like, I was just like, he's never gonna love again. And my mom's like, it's okay. These are actors. And I think that's genuinely like the moment that I was like, this is my career. <laughs> so it's really shaped all of who I am. <laughs> I even have a tattoo of, of for the movie. What does of, it say? You know, it says, uh, come what may. <gasps> I love that. Yeah. Can you sing all the songs? Yes. Can you, I mean, can you put on the soundtrack and go through start to finish? Yes. I yes, love that. I can. And I cry. Every time I think I pretend that I'm in the the movie a lot of times. And so there's the the final song and they're singing Come What May. And every time I always do the like when she's like, <gasps> she like kind of like falls and stuff like that. And then she's like, I will love you. And like every time I do it so dramatic when I'm driving on the you know 405, you can see me. And if there's tears falling down and I'm like. I got my eyes closed. No, I don't have my eyes closed. Um, but <laughs> well, the 405 goes that down, slowly you know. that you can't have your eyes closed, Samantha. It's okay. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> Is there something about singing that opens up a different part of you as an artist emotionally? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I think so. I'm not, I'm not a great singer. I'm not even – I wouldn't even consider myself a good singer. But I enjoy it, and I have fun with it. And I think it's just – yeah, it's – like that actor brain in me, but then when I open it up to like the singing world, it's just, there's so much more emotion that comes up. Like most actors that I know will put like headphones in and listen to a song when they have to do like a really sad scene or, you know, an emotional scene. It's like music has such a way of pulling out these emotions in us. It can make you so happy and it can make you so nostalgic. And for me, like that's one of, I will listen to Come What May if it comes to a really emotional scene that I have to do. <laughs> the story could be told without music, but it would not be the same story, correct? No, not yeah. at all. And like, oh my God, could you imagine a world where we don't get to hear their voices? Like, that would be a crime. Like, <laughs> yeah, Baz Luhrmann knew what he was doing. And who would have thought? Ewan McGregor and Nicole Kidman. Like, we that was not like, oh yeah, the great singers of our generation. Right. It was like, they're in a musical. They were probably the first people that sort of made it okay to be like, yeah, the actor can sing. And then you'd started to see, you know, <gasps> I'm in Chicago with Catherine Zeta-Jones. And all of a sudden you're like, yeah, anyone, Renee Zellweger. You're like, you know what? Let's try these people out. Because if Nicole and Ewan yeah. can do it, anyone can do it. And not anyone can yeah. do it, but they could do it. So that was cool. Yeah. And you could tell they just, they worked hard. Yes. You know? You, you can tell they worked hard for sure. Do you listen to their music all the time like every day or once a week or how does that probably play out on your ipod shuffle i go through my emotions it's like through my moods you know what i mean so it's like if i'm in a happy place i probably shouldn't put the soundtrack on um but it's usually you know maybe like yeah i'd say like once once a month i will just like binge it for like you know for like a day or like a couple of days but then I'm like, okay, I need I need a second, you know? It's also like I listen to a couple of the songs when I'm cleaning. It's like my cleaning go-to, you know? I don't like to clean, but if I'm going to, I might as well listen to some laundry. The greatest soundtrack of all time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. So when you say to you that it's the greatest love story of all time, which is so wonderful, because for many people, mm. it is. But what? why yeah. that and not, you know like Casablanca or West Side Story or like, is it just because you think maybe that you you saw it, it was the very first one you saw at six years old and it sticks to you? Or is it something about their story that just hits you? Yeah, I think, I think I just have never seen somebody love somebody so much hmm. the way that Christian loves Satine that I think that like, it was just that yeah like that first like oh my gosh like a man can love a woman that much because I always like grew up I feel like where the girl is like oh like you know swooning but it was the first time I saw like a the a Disney princess swooning. yes yeah yeah and it was just like just oh my god and I mean it, it, the acting is so incredible and so amazing but yeah I'd never seen that before happen where where this guy's whole world has become this this woman and he loves her and he you know, at times is maybe a tiny bit obsessed, <laughs> but you know, he's, he's literally like going mad. And, um, and I think, like I said, different ages, I've had different relations to the film. I relate to it in so many different ways. Like I would hate to say that I feel like her at, at any point, but I will say it is weird. You know, I'm in a weird industry where sometimes, you know, we have to do things that we don't love. I've, you know, had to kiss people on set. And sometimes I'm like, oh my God, like I'm Satine. Like this is so, <laughs> this is so crazy. <laughs> and then I'm like, I don't want to, you know, but whatever, I won't get too deep into it. But yeah, but he just, he loves her so much. And, and when he's hurt, I've never seen hurt like that before. And then just seeing how much she loves him. And uh, it's just, yeah, I, I, it, it felt so real and so raw. And I had seen so many cookie cutter versions of like what love looked like. And that was the first film. And to me, still the best film to show how how crazy love really can can be. Mm -hmm. And how circumstances can don't necessarily play into emotions and feelings and can yeah. usurp them, I think. Yeah. What is the difference, Samantha, between when you watch the movie, 
play the soundtrack or I don't know if you've had the chance to see like a live stage version of Moulin Rouge, but tell me the three different, like the differences for you and what mood puts you in which scenario. The third obviously being the most hard or most difficult to see a production in real life, but the soundtrack or the movie, how do you decide? I think it's, so it's annoying when I watch the movie nowadays because I usually watch it with somebody who has like never seen it or, you know, and I'm just the most annoying person because there's so many details in the film that I'm constantly looking over going, did you catch that? Did you, did you see what just happened? And then I'm like, oh, okay, hold on. But I like rewind it. And like, you're not allowed to be on your phone if we're watching it. Like, so I think <laughs> watching it, you know, can be kind of annoying with me sometimes. <laughs> I love that you have rules, though. I love it. Oh, I do. Yeah, I do. And I, I'm constantly trying to look for the the other, you know, Easter eggs that I haven't seen yet. And I'm trying to now look at, you know, just all of the people in the background. Because seriously, when I say that everyone is so committed to this film, like, it is crazy to me that they got so many people who are so talented that you can just see them in the background and they like, you know, there's a guy who has like sweat pouring down him because he's been dancing all night and it's just incredible to me. So yeah, I just, I love watching all the little details, but then yeah, seeing it live, I went and saw in Vegas, I had a friend doing Baz and it was Moulin Rouge and uh, Romeo Julia and Great Gatsby, like all together. And so it was more just like, Oh, to to see it live was just so fun. Like it was a lot more fun. I didn't like get like emotional watching it because I just was like more excited and happy, I guess. So I feel like it's more intimate watching the movie and I feel so much more like somber and ready to just cry and laugh and, you know, feel all the things. But like when I'm out and about, I'm definitely wanting to like just have a good time, not cry in front of strangers, you know? <laughs> and then, yeah. And then if I'm listening to the soundtrack, it's it's always a hit or miss. I have to either skip certain songs if I don't want to cry mm-hmm. or I just let myself go. <laughs> or you go all in, just all like yes. emotional Which cleanse. I usually do. Yeah. <laughs> That's like me with Les Miserables. That's my jam with music. Okay. See, now I'm a terrible person and you're going to be probably upset. I went and saw Lamez in New York on Broadway and I fell asleep. It's long, Samantha. (laughs) We'll talk about that later, Samantha. Here's the thing. (laughs) I've seen it a number of times and I can be Team Claire and I can be Team Samantha on this because I get why people think it's just the longest, slowest thing because it is. But then I also get the Claire team where it's like this is the greatest epic story of our time and i mean can you even i mean can you even i get it to be fair i didn't know that it was all like music <laughs> so i went into it being like where's the talking you know <laughs> when are they going to start speaking <laughs> yeah so so you know but i i as an adult i have to go and watch it i'll give it a shot <laughs> I'll take you sometime. Um, we can have okay, a little perfect. date because I, I always love seeing it again. Let me ask you this. What is like the number one Easter egg in Moulin Rouge? Like what is the most like drilled down exclusive little surprise you found? Um, I mean, I guess it's <laughs> I feel like it's not even that big of like a surprise. But how many times you're told throughout the film that like she's going to die is kind of crazy, (laughs) but like yet somehow it's still so shocking when it happens, you know, 
like the first very beginning, he literally is writing at his typewriter and he's like, the love of my life, she's dead. So there's that. And we know that. But then in this song when they're like, so exciting, da, 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 you know, and then they're, they're, he's like, shall somebody die? And they all kind of just look at each other and mm-hmm. then like keep like going with the song. I just think that that's so interesting how many times they added that. But yet whenever I show somebody the movie, they have the same expression I always had, which is just pure shock that it like it's actually happened. I think that that's just such a an interesting thing that they can tell you something throughout an entire story and you can be so drawn in yet so blindsided at the same time. You know, and I think it's because in in film we're taught that like the main character doesn't usually die. Like usually, you know, they they end up being okay and yeah, even though you were told it over and over and over again, it still hits you, you know. And every, my favorite reaction is always whenever I show one of my girlfriends the movie, wait, she died? And I'm like, yeah, she's literally dead right there. It's like, it's not yeah, a joke. I'm crying. Why else would I be crying? I can so relate to introducing friends to like films that I love. And I, I end up watching them like out of excitement almost more than I do the movie. And I'm wondering if you have that same experience. And how many people have oh, you yeah. introduced it to? And- more specifically, what was Christian's thoughts when he first saw it? Because I'm sure that was a big litmus test for you. Yeah, it was. So I've shown the film to, if I have to be totally honest, probably around like 15 to 20 people. That's a solid number of people. <laughs> but it's also been like like a viewing party. Like, you know what I mean? Like I've done it where like I've had like four people over who've never seen it before at a time. And my two friends that are in the living room right now that are actually on on my show, Yellow Jackets, um, they're literally staying with me this week. And on my birthday, while I was filming our show, that was my one request is that we watch uh, Moulin Rouge. I love it. And it's kind of like my birthday thing. I just, I like to have somebody who's never seen it watch it with me or who has, it doesn't really matter. And then, yeah, I, it was kind of like a test. I feel like growing up, I... I feel bad for saying this, but like, you know, Christian's not the first guy I watched the movie with. It was almost like a test. Like if this hits you, if you feel something, then you're, you know, you're a decent person. Did the real Christian feel something? <laughs> um, yes. So yes. And I honestly, I need to talk to him more about it. I think it was in the beginning of us dating and I knew I loved him at that time. And I was really... <laughs> was really emotional watching it. And so I feel like I was so focused in on my own world that I still like haven't really sat down and been like, so what did you really think of the movie? Because I I think I like overdid it. I like I knew I loved him. I think I I may have even like told him that week that I loved him, which he didn't say back, which, you know, (laughs) we're engaged now. So (laughs) it's all good now. But (laughs) but, you know, I'm watching it and I like I didn't even put two and two together that like his name is Christian and he's Christian. And when she's like talking to him and she's saying like Christian, the way she says it, I was like, I'm going to start calling him like Christian like that, you know, and like just the whole thing. I was so like into it and looking at him. And so like in my head that, yeah, I, I, I know he liked it. In fact, I think he loved it, but we need to watch it again. And me not like being, you know, and me focusing on him and seeing how he's taking it in. But he's also in film school. So he like watches movies to appreciate them as well, you know, mm-hmm. so. Well, what would mm-hmm. he say yeah. if we asked him about your love of Moulin Rouge? 
I think he'd say I have a strange obsession. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I would tell him he's right. <laughs> and that's okay. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah, and that's okay. I have like four more quotes from the movie that I want to get on my really? body. My mom's like, no more tattoos. And I'm like, but Moulin Rouge, mom. <laughs> Duh. What are the other quotes? I mean, the best quote is the greatest thing you'll ever learn is just to love and be loved in return. And that's one that like that used to be my Instagram bio. Like it literally was like my way of life and it still is my way of life. I think it's the most beautiful quote ever. And then for some reason, I always thought it would be fun to just have like a random quote in there. And it's just Christian, he's trying to kill you. <laughs> but then now I'm like engaged to a Christian. So I was just like, oh, maybe not. But like, you know, just like little things like that. I thought would be fun. <laughs> the sitar player or like getting like a sitar. I don't know. <laughs> Samantha, I got to I just ask because. Enneagram. Yeah. Enneagram. Are you an Enneagram too? I get them so confused. So yes, I'm a two wing. Is it the wing ones? Mm -hmm. I'm a two wing three. That's me girl. And Claire. We nailed it. Mm -hmm. Well, because twos are all about love. Okay. For all of you people, you kind of seen a through line through this podcast. I bring up the Enneagram a lot. Go to Keiko Agena's podcast episode and please deep dive with us on the Enneagram. But it's this great personality test that breaks down all humans into nine sort of categories and numbers. And anyway, every number has its own thing. Enneagram twos tend to be very obsessed, thoughtful, and embrace love. So the fact that you just keep talking about how this means so much to you, I love that. I love that we nailed it, and that's how I feel, and that's clear too. We're all two wing threes right here. Yep. Mm-hmm. I love very it. Very sweet. Oh, look at me. I love it. <laughs> I, I know. I love it too. I didn't know about the enneagram until David until we did the podcast. So I'm new oh, to it. Really. I did it a long time ago, and I guess when you're, like, an unhealthy number, like, like twos, I think, when they're unhealthy, or yeah. eight, I think. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so when I took the test um, a couple of years ago, I was an eight. And I was like, I don't know if this is me, you know, whatever. And then when I took it, you know, later on in life, I was like, okay, this makes sense. And and not saying if you're an eight out there, you are you are great just the way you are. I was the unhealthy yeah, version that's, of that. I, I, girl. I'm with you. Don't get me hangry. Don't yeah. get me hangry. I- yes. <laughs> exactly. How many times have you watched this movie? If you had a guess, I mean, just throw a number out there. She, I don't know if she can count. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, honestly, I don't know because I'm like, I I don't know if I've ever started the film and not finished it all the way through. I know there's people that like can start a film and like fall asleep to it or like turn off. I don't consider that watching it, you know? I don't consider that a watch. And if I put it on, I have to That's a comfort watch. That's like a comfort watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, (laughs) I mean, this sounds bad, but I don't necessarily watch Moulin Rouge to feel comfortable. I watch it when I like want to feel something, (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because otherwise, like, there's not a single time I've ever watched it where I didn't cry. Not once. Uh, So probably if I had to guess, I'm like, I'm 26 now, 20 years of watching the film. I'd probably say, God, what's three times 20? 60. 60. So probably I'd say roughly around 60 times if I had to say roughly. And do you have any desire to go to the Moulin Rouge in Paris? Yes. Okay. I have been and it is crazy. Is it? Oh my gosh. It's it's crazy because you walk up on it and it's like just there. You know what I mean? This whole, yeah, it's crazy. You have to go. I used to have a poster of the Moulin Rouge like up in my in my room 
And yeah, I definitely have always wanted to go. I I used to have like kind of a love-hate relationship with Paris mm-hmm. just because when I was younger, an ex of mine went there and then we broke up and I was like, oh, I'm never going to Paris. And then I was mm-hmm. like, wait, but that's where the Moulin Rouge is. And then I was like, <laughs> no, love will prevail. I will go to see the Moulin Rouge. <laughs> and so yeah, now, now uh, I definitely want to go and, and see it. I think it adds even more depth once you, once you have exactly. been there in I person. I Perry. <laughs> yes, absolutely. What would you say about a remake? Is this a horrible idea? That they better cast me. That's all I have to say. <laughs> if it's going to happen, I better be in it. That's, yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's it. Otherwise, it can't happen. <laughs> yeah, you're like, no, no. I'm, I'm now an actress of yeah, age. This is no. happening. Yeah, what role would it be? Satine? Baz would have to do it. Yes, I would be Satine. Yes. Own it. (laughs) Yeah, no questions asked. Clearly. Yeah. (laughs) I'm already working on my vocals over here. But yeah, and then Baz would have to do it. Otherwise, it just would be a a big no for me. This is kind of like a in the future hypothetical question. Let's say one day you do choose to have children or adopt children, whatever. Would you ever consider naming one of your children after a character in the movie? Mm. That is a great question. I already have my kids' names picked out because I'm okay. a psycho who already is so prepared. Tell me. I want to hear them. Oh, okay. Okay. Claire has four lovely children, so this is this is fun for her. And for <laughs> Okay. Me. So nobody out there steal my kids' names. I'm just kidding. You can. It doesn't matter. Um, I'm done. So. <laughs> <laughs> we've got Elias Cade Deanda. We've got River Nava Deanda. I have a river. She has a river. Do you? Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. I love that. My 12-year-old daughter. Oh my God, I love it. I love it. I love it so much. It's one of my favorite names. I always knew when I was younger that I want one of my kids' name to be River. Okay, and then what's the third? Lyra James Deanda. Mm. Yeah, so that's what we have in mind right now, but I also want like six kids, so we'll see what happens. Well, (laughs) I had four. I'll pass along the one name I've never got to use, which I think is super cute. You would like to play (gasps) with it, Briar. Yes, that is Mm -hmm. beautiful. Oh, and that's so cute because my dad's name is Brian. So I feel oh. like he would really like that little yes. briar. Yes. Cute. Okay. Anyway, we've gotten way off topic. Back to Mulan yeah. Rouge. <laughs> oh, I'm loving this. I'm just picturing Christian <laughs> listening to this podcast going, how many? How many kids? He hears it every night. So he's, <laughs> <laughs> he knows. I know. In my head, I'm like, I want to birth two and adopt two. That's kind of where I'm at right now. We'll see what ends up happening. But... You know, very exciting. (laughs) The music mashups before we finish this podcast up, let's just music mashups. Do you uh, did this turn you on to music mashups beyond Moulin Rouge? Because this was a really major moment for the idea of music mashups as a very popular thing. So do you just sort of enjoy it in Moulin Rouge? Will you seek out music mashups of songs beyond the movie? I think it just depends on the film and it depends on if it works in the film, you know? I love watching something and being like, oh my God, I know this song, you know? I'm a big soundtrack fan outside of Moulin Rouge. My like all-time favorite Disney film is Tarzan, purely, I mean, for many reasons, but also because the soundtrack, you'll be in my heart. you know? You'll be um, in my heart. Yeah. Uh, oh, my God. I know. That's everyone. something I'm going to be singing to my kids. Like, that's the song that I have in my head to sing to my children. But uh, I think it really, yeah, I, it can be so hit or miss because if it's done well, then I'm like all about it. I think that's why I watched Glee back in the day was because I was like, I love this music. I know this song, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes, you know, I'm not going to lie. I kind of preferred the Glee version over 
the OGs, which is not a very popular opinion, and I'm sorry for all the people who have offended out there. <laughs> Since you saw it so young, I'm guessing some mm-hmm. things went over your head. You know, is that true? But did you yes. later realize that you didn't see at the time, maybe? I think there were things that I was I was such a innocent child and I was such a prude. I was like, which is so funny that this became my favorite film because when I was younger, like if I saw two people kissing that were not like that were not in like a committed relationship and married, I was like, oh my God, like they're going to have kids and like, oh, I don't know. I just like freaked out. I was a very extra child. I have four older sisters and literally was just like the biggest tattletale and the worst. But I watched Moulin Rouge and Titanic at a very young age. And I guess, I don't know, like I went into this imaginary world where everything that they did was just okay. Like I was fine with it for some reason. And so I like, I knew what was happening, but I think I was more focused on the love story than I was about like anything with the, you know, with with sex. And I know my mom had me close my eyes during um, the scene with the Duke and Satine, and I'm glad she did because even nowadays that scene can be really, um, really just hard to watch and really, really heartbreaking to see. So yeah, that wasn't until I got older that I really realized like what he was doing in that scene and how serious the situation was. I think I just knew she was in danger just because she was with the Duke. I didn't Mm -hmm. really have to know the context at that time, you know? We hit on so many things today and it makes my heart so happy. I love asking this and I we definitely knocked on some of these doors. I'm curious, I'm just curious if the, if maybe there's a another door behind the door. So for instance, I really adore the Fantastic 4. That's that's what there's a few topics if I were ever to be on my own podcast. And as I got older in life, I realized that I learned about the Fantastic 4 when I was around 12 was when my parents got divorced. And so that I realized later in life, I was like, oh, sure, I love comic books and superheroes, but I think I loved that they were a family that stayed together and fought together mm-hmm. during a time when my family was coming apart. So I realized they were kind mm-hmm. of feeling a kind of a hole there. And I was like, oh, wow, that's kind of cool. If I could ask that question to you about Moulin Rouge, do you think there's anything that's coming up for you of like, oh, you know, now that I think about it, I think I really like this movie for dot, dot, dot. Yeah. I think the older that I got, I've been in a lot of unhealthy relationships in my life. And I think that it's one of those movies that I always went to to remind myself that love exists and love is real. And, you know, the quote, the greatest thing you ever learn is just to love and be loved in return is I am somebody who can give so much love. And I feel like I always held on to the hope that like there is somebody who's going to give me the love that I deserve back in return. And like my Christian is out there. Um, And so I think, yeah, through all the difficulties, you know, you and it's also it's it's through the heartbreak of the film. Like. I think you leave the film, even though it's so heartbreaking and sad, once he's written their story you just, I feel like I get a sense of like, he's going to be okay. And I think that that also gets me because like, I'm like, he's literally faced the most tragic thing of his life. And yet like, he's continuing to tell their story and he's not letting like their story and their love die 
the way, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. it's like, it's to continue. So there's a lot of things I love about the film, but I think those are ones that I just always held on to that helped me through becoming a young adult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Very sweet. All right. Speaking of love, would you be so kind to regale us with a love letter to your favorite film of all time? Oh my gosh. Okay. Oh, dear Moulin Rouge. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for the laughs, the excitement, the the dreams that you filled me with (laughs) for helping me through the difficult times for filling me with so much love and so much heart and um, reminding me of what I deserve. I appreciate you and I love you and I can't wait to watch you again. Love, Samantha. <laughs> love, Samantha. I love Lady it. Yay. Samantha, that was lovely. Really, genuinely. Thank you. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs. Now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. I think the last time I fully watched Moulin Rouge was when it came out, like in the early 2000s. And now I absolutely, I feel like I say this at the end of every podcast, but I do want to go watch it again. I really do. I think that for me, singing definitely taps into a different like area of emotion. Like also when I dance, you know, I was a dancer for many years. I love dancing. I love ballet was really my thing, my jazz, not to, you know, confuse two styles. But when I danced, I I was able to be freer than acting. And yeah, I, I could just, I if, if there is a remake, fine, she can play the lead, but I'll play like someone else in it. <laughs> you can be you and McGregor. It'll I can, great. I can be you and McGregor. <laughs> It's just so charming, right, Claire? Just when you, again, this podcast, when when we get a guest and they just are so into something and it's just so contagious in the best way. I mean, Samantha absolutely beyond loves Moulin Rouge. I'm with you. I Last time I saw it was when it came out and that was a while ago. And now totally got the itch. I totally want to throw it on. I want to kind of see it through her eyes. Isn't it fun to just hear someone love something so much and you just wish you could see it through their eyes? And I think hopefully this is what this podcast does sometimes. You're just like, yeah, I guess I guess it's possible to be so enthralled with something the way these people are. It is forever makes me happy. Well, definitely. And, you know, I really I mentioned this during the show, but the part where you're like introducing someone to the, you know, she said she's introduced her friends and had like watching parties and My thing is, like, if I've seen a movie a bunch of times, like, for example, I've seen Inception a bunch of times. I love that movie. movie. I have have also seen, like, Beautiful Mind a bunch of times. Those are, like, in my top five movies. So both those movies, when I'm I'm watching with someone, I want to, like, see their reaction. However, if I've read the book, like, for example, when The Martian came out and I'm a big Andy Weir fan and I read that book, like, three times before the movie came out – 
I felt like I kept having to stop and say, okay, what you're missing is actually there's this whole big moment that happened in between the last scene and this scene. And this is why Matt Damon's doing all this stuff. And you're like, I felt like the movie wasn't explicit enough. It didn't give enough detail. And so I completely related to what Samantha was saying about, you know, watching her friends and wanting to pause and be like, did you catch that? Did you catch that? Because that, that is totally me in those moments. Claire, do you have that movie that you need to show people? Because I do. I'm curious what? if you What's do. yours? Mine is Young Frankenstein. Sarah, oh. God bless her. She had to watch Young Frankenstein. Every girl I ever dated, just like Samantha, she just threw it to every boy. I just needed to know, like, if you like Young Frankenstein, you're cool with me. It is the greatest comedy of all time. Gene Wilder, Mel Brooks. Black and white, my friends. Black and white. It is just the best so witty ridiculous boofy silly and yet so smart so but that was a litmus test and still is to this day yeah i don't know if i have that movie but i did at one point in my life um (laughs) this is a throwback when i was younger i wanted everyone to watch heathers with me and if they if they liked heathers then they were in my inner circle I didn't have a great time in high school. I had a great boyfriend. I had great friends, but I didn't have like the best high school experience. And so I connected to that movie and the Winona Ryder, Christian Slater characters. And I was like, okay, if you if you understand this movie and you can watch this with me and like it, then we will be friends. (laughs) Well, guess what? I've not seen it. And hopefully we can be friends, Claire. Well, yes, I've moved on to different stages in my life, David. Good. <laughs> I'm I'm in a different place. I got to think about what my movie litmus test is now. That's a good question. I'll get back to you on that. It's a fun one. It's a fun one to think like what if at the end of the day, you, someone you had to judge everything, <laughs> everything about their personality and your relationship with them on one film. What would it be? I mean, it yeah, could you, be Beautiful Mind. It could be Inception. Yeah. It could be... Inception, you can learn a lot about a person if they don't like it or they're, what they think about right. it. Right, or like on a, critical thinking and like abstract thinking and do they understand like what the architect really does and can they see the layers of the dreams? You know, I, I really am obsessed with... When Tenet came out, I really watched that over and over and I was upset yeah. I couldn't go see that in the theater, but fortunately I have a big enough TV that I turned out all the lights and, you know, kind of pretended (laughs) (laughs) guys thanks so much for joining us today on this wonderful podcast hopefully someone is not forcing you to watch tenant to see if you are a good friend Uh, except me (laughs) except for claire but it is a fantastic movie and if you don't know what happens that's okay i don't even think we do but we loved it so just remember to like and subscribe all the wonderful things and we will see you next thursday for another rousing podcast bye bye All right, before we let you guys go, I want to tell you about next week's guest. Yes, a little teaser, if you will. Miss Molly Gray. You know her from so many things. I'll name a few. So You Think You Can Dance, Teen Beach Movie, Teen Beach Movie 2, Free Period, High School Musical 3, colon, Senior Year, A Night to Regret, The Reliant Guys, Pride House. That's definitely how you know her today. We are thrilled to have her on to talk about the thing that she's thrilled about, Vanderpump Rules. Yeah, the reality show, that just makes you happy. And it makes her very happy. How happy? Check it out next Thursday. Bye. Thank you for listening to Fanatics, a Roddenberry podcast. For more episodes and info, head over to wearefanatics.com or tweet your Fanatics thoughts and stories at wearefanatics. Fanatics. 
Yes, that's we are F-A-N-A-D-D-I-C-T-S. Our show is hosted by Claire Kramer and me, David Magadoff. Produced by me, Claire Kramer, and Kelsey Goldberg. Executive producers Trevor Roth and Rod Roddenberry. Our sound engineer and editor is Elizabeth Joy Windham. And you can thank Stephen Mudd for our theme song. Catch us next Thursday for another Fanatics episode. Samantha, you're a hero Whenever you watch Moulin Rouge You're always a hero When you watch Moulin Rouge And Christian Finally proposed to you Oh, Samantha J'adore Moulin Rouge Are you tired of dating assholes? Do you want a Prince Charming? If so, we're filming a reality show. Sign up here. 12 American women are flown over to the UK for a Bachelor-style reality dating show. There are so many questions about a show like this because it's so odd. These women have been told that they were going to be dating the world's most eligible bachelor, Prince Harry. What? Y'all playing with me, right? You can binge The Bachelor of Buckingham Palace exclusively on Wondery Plus. Join Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts or the Wondery app.